Hey Ninja Squad, welcome to the Tenfold Podcast and I'm your host, Rachel Everington, wife, mother, agency owner, and entrepreneur, lover of coffee, music, and organization. I'm here to help people better and empower themselves to create and build an amazing life and career that they want and dream of by having powerful conversations, sharing other stories, providing motivation and inspiration that your dreams and passion is possible. Every month, our guests and I will be sharing our stories, our perspectives, and our knowledge on productivity, mindset, money, relationships, mental health, basically anything from light to heavy topics. I'll be dropping new episodes every first and third Tuesday of the month, so make sure to hit that subscribe button. Hey Ninja Squad, welcome back to the Tenfold Podcast. So today is going to be about grieving while running a business. And uh, this is super special to me because one, it's my daddy's birthday, who is unfortunately no longer with us. And two, I have one of my beautiful, amazing biz besties here to talk about her experience with her loss as well. And so we have our little tissues ready um, because you may possibly see some ugly crying, but this is what we're here for. We want everyone to learn from our experiences and understand that there is no right or wrong way to grieve through a process, whether you're running a business or not. So let me introduce you to Gwendolyn Young. And Gwendolyn is a highly sought after organizational communication and administrative expert. She is a huge fan of structure, systems, and processes and loves helping her clients implement these in their businesses to make their lives easier and their businesses run smoother, scale, faster, and profit quicker. I love that. She has been honored as one of the influential women in business by the Daily Herald Business Ledger in partnership with the National Association of Women Business Owners, Chicago Chapter, and the Women's Innovation Network. Gwendolyn holds a Master's of Organizational Leadership from Lewis University and loves serving entrepreneurs, influencers, and professionals like you. Gwendolyn oversees the back-end operations for clients, helps with strategic planning, quality assurance, and supervision of teams. Basically, she's a superwoman, which is why I'm in love with her. So, Gwendolyn, yay! Welcome to the Tenfold Podcast. I'm super excited to have you, and thank you for for coming and just enjoying this experience with me and be able to share your story with all of us. Oh, absolutely! Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here, and I have my tissues ready just in case you decide <laughs> to make me cry. You do. I'm well prepared. I know, I know. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll try to hold we'll hold each other's hands virtually and hug each other yeah. if that does ever happen. But let the the folks know, let the Ninja Squad know. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? First of all. So, oh my gosh. Um, back in 2013, I was working in corporate America. Had an amazing cushy corporate job that I had absolutely no intentions on ever leaving. Um, but I was diagnosed with systemic lupus back in 2013. And so there was a period of time where I had to come off of my job to just really focus on recovery. And during that process, I just knew that going back to a traditional workplace was not going to work well for me um, and just my health. And I didn't want to have to choose between taking care of myself and still doing work that I love. And so I was just like, okay, God, what am I supposed to do? Like, like, what am I going to do? Um, and I clearly heard the response that like, you know, he's like, it's in your hands. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? 
So I started doing some research and started saying, okay, is there an opportunity to do admin and operation stuff in the online space from home, like I did in the physical space? And then lo and behold, there was this whole industry that nobody had ever told me about where people have been doing it for decades. And I was like, huh, mm-hmm. I'm good at that. I can uh-huh. do that. So, you know, I had to make a choice. It was like either go back to corporate and deal with the bureaucracy. It was, you know, try and fight the Social Security Administration and prove I needed their support or build a business that I love that would replace my corporate income. So I chose number three. And that's why I'm here with you today. And it's been nonstop ever since. I love that. And I'm the type of person, too, that believes like things happen for a reason at its own time. And Gwendolyn, you know this, and I've said it to you, is you were placed into my life at this very right timing, us going through like a mastermind and knowing each other and, and basically going through like the current struggles of building your business at the moment, right? So, um, but let's also should now share too our experiences of loss. So I'll let you go first and then I'll share mine, but um, tell me about your experience loss. And I think it was even very recent. It was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Last year was um, a big one. And, you know, this topic is so interesting because when I lost my aunt in May of last year, I started to do this whole reflection thing, right? Because it just hurt me so deeply to my core. And I realized that I had been experiencing a loss every year for the last decade. Wow. Yeah. And hers was just like, like it literally knocked the wind out of me. So we had just recently started back doing prayer calls. There were three of us, um, we call it the three musketeers. And so there were three of us in this friendship. And so we had just started back our Friday night prayer calls. We would get on, we would pray for each other, each other's families. Um, and then we would just kind of like kick it over Zoom. So we'd just mm-hmm. be chatting it up and we'd look up at it before hours later. So literally we had been on, the, on Zoom for like three hours. And then the very next day, that Saturday, we were having a Zoom birthday party for another person that we knew. And I was kind of the host of it. So while I'm hosting this Zoom birthday party, I got a text from my aunt that said, I just need you to to pray. And I was just like, what's going on? And so she texts me and she's like, I'm just having a, I'm having a hard time breathing. My chest is hurting really bad. So I like signal one of the other ladies I knew on Zoom and I'm like, okay, you're going to have to take over being the host. And I stepped away to give her a call Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you need to get to the hospital right now. And she's like, well, I'm just going to lay down and see if it passes. I'm like, no, you're not. You're going to go to the hospital. So I didn't know if she was really going to call or not. So I called my cousin, her daughter, and I'm like, how close are you to your mom's house? And she's like, I just left there. I can turn back around. I'm like, she needs to get to the hospital. I need you to make sure that that happens. Mm-hmm. And so finally called the ambulance. They got her to the hospital. She called, she texted us about an hour later. So around 8 p.m. She texted us. She's like, I'm in the hospital. They're running the test. Um, I, everything seems to be going fine. So I'm like, okay, great. So I know from having lupus and being in the hospital multiple times that like, there's a series of things that has to happen. So nothing's going to happen right away. So I was like, I'll give it a couple of hours and then I'll call and I'll check on her. So at like 11 o'clock Saturday night, I text her exactly 1101 and she didn't text back. So I was like, okay, 
Um, you know, I could feel something in my spirit that just didn't feel right, but I was like, I'm not gonna panic. She could be in one of the tests right now. That's why she's not answering. So I'm not gonna, you know, worry just yet. So then I called her at midnight. I waited an hour and I called her at midnight and she didn't answer. Uh-huh. So now I'm very anxiety written. And so I can't sleep. So I just go downstairs and sit in on the couch and I'm like, so just, just to interrupt for a moment. So no one was like with her, like, you know, any, any no, any because it's COVID. Oh, no, that's right. because it's COVID. So they don't let us in the hospital. So she's there by herself. Right. Okay. And just to kind of set the context of the relationship. So people understand my aunt was four years older than me. So I grew up with her. She was more like my big sister than she was my aunt. I spent summers at my grandmother's house with her. Like I followed her around everywhere um, that she went, like she was my person. And so I didn't get an answer. So I'm just on the couch and I'm just like, I'm just like, and then it was about almost four o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go upstairs and try to get some rest. And as soon as my foot hit the bedroom, I got the phone call. And I just said, I answered the phone and we all know that the 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. phone calls are typically not the good phone calls that you want to have. And I said, hello. And her daughter was just on the phone, hysterical, just crying. And she's like, my mom is gone. My mom is gone. My mom is gone. And I just like lost it. I just literally started screaming and shaking like everybody in my house came running from all directions Mm -hmm. and I couldn't even talk I could even I could barely breathe and so my daughter grabs the phone and she finds out what happens and it's just like like it was unreal like I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that I had just spent three hours with her on that phone call on loan. And then less than 24 hours later, she was gone. That was very, very, that was very difficult. This is a person who was a part of every piece of my life since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And now she wasn't here anymore. And there wasn't a warning. She wasn't sick. It wasn't COVID. She just was. She was just gone. Mm-hmm. And that that was so difficult. And so having to deal with the fact that I still had a business to run, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't think. I couldn't function. I couldn't be present. And so um, I just I told all my clients what happened and luckily I have an amazing amazing roster of clients and they're like just do what you need to take care of yourself and I think that's why it's so important that you build relationship with your clients not necessarily you know you have to be best friends but be transparent be authentic because life happens to everybody right so they were so amazingly understanding um, my team that I did have in place at the time, they were great with support and still doing things. But literally for a week, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't function. I just literally just sat on the couch trying to figure out like what just happened. And I was so angry, right? Like I was angry at her. 
I was angry at me. I was angry. Like, and the more I learned about the situation, I was just like angry with everybody. I was like, why did she say something sooner that she was having these problems? You know, you know, why didn't I tell her Friday to go to the doctor? Or why didn't I call her on Saturday morning to check on her? Or, you know, they knew that she was having shortness of breath at work. Why didn't they call the ambulance? Like, I just was so angry. I was angry at God. I was like, you knew this was going to happen and you didn't give me a warning. Like, I was so mad. I was so mad. And I literally could not function. I just, I couldn't. I just, I couldn't. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't do it. I couldn't understand it. And then, you know, you... You compile COVID on top of that and it makes it even more difficult. So you can't go to the hospital right. to see can't her. Even say your goodbye. The funeral, the processionals, they have their rules now. So they're not letting more than 10 people. Mm-hmm. You know, well, my grandmother has seven kids. The two of them have passed on. My aunt was one and then I had another aunt before that, but still she had, you know, children. She mm-hmm. had her four children and then she still had five siblings and my grandmother, that was 10 people. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was, yeah, it was unreal is what it was. It was just unreal. Yeah. And so after, let's see, I told you we needed tissues. <laughs> yeah, we did need tissue. I didn't think you were going to need them so early. I no, I this girl this was about to use napkins. Apart. This girl was about to use napkins for tissues. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after all going through that process and letting your clients know what had happened, um, how did that look after? Did you take a, a week off? And because I know when I was working corporate I, and the last corporate job I had was of eight years. So we've definitely, as corporate, we were a corporate family. And so you kind mm-hmm. of experienced those losses with different people in, in um, the company. And so yeah. sometimes I will see people who are off for a week, off for two weeks. There's people where they're just only off for the day and they're right back at work. So how yeah. did your, your, grieve, your grieving journey look like um, after you've had told your clients that, you know, um, someone you loved had passed yeah. and you needed some time off. So my grieving process was like, it was literally ongoing. Um, so for the first initial week, I literally shut down. I didn't do anything. Um, you know, my team was handling bits and pieces of it, but other stuff, my clients were just like, you know, we'll figure it out until you're back. But that first week, I literally didn't do anything. I couldn't function. I couldn't even think right. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even think straight. So the first week I literally wasn't there. The second week I just eased into it. I didn't take a lot of meetings. Um, I, you know, let clients know, hey, I'm here in the background, but I'm not really prepared just yet to be facing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then the course over the 30 days, like it was just really trying to manage my mood and my energy because mm-hmm. like, I think I'd be fine. And then you know, like one day I was going through email and an email popped up from her because she literally had just sent me an email two days before she passed. And then I'd be a basket case all over again. So I literally eased into it, but it took a long time um, for me. I would say probably a good 30 days before I felt like 
semi-normal again to function where I could be present Mm -hmm. but it was a few months before I really like she's not here like you're gonna have to keep going because this is what she would want right Mm -hmm. she would want you to continue being because she was one of my biggest supporters one of my biggest cheerleaders so like you have to continue going but yeah it was a process and it was it in that moment it was so I think community became so apparent to me at that time right because like I've always known that it was important but at that moment the way that my community came around me like my clients being so understanding my friends just constantly checking on me like that in that moment it was like needed because that was a period where I could have easily just kind of slipped away into a depression absolutely yeah and nobody would have even noticed because I would have just kind of fell off the radar because I didn't want to talk to anybody I didn't want to see anybody but I have the kinds of friends where they're like I'm coming over and I don't care if you don't talk to me (laughs) I just need to see your face and make sure that you are still alive and I'm like, fine, whatever. So like, they, they don't care. I have an attitude that like, they're calling me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the importance of having the team, right? Because I know that life has happened to me, but it would be unreasonable for my clients to put their businesses completely on hold for a very extensive period of time because I can't function, right? Mm-hmm. So that one, it was like, oh, you have to keep building this team because somebody needs to be doing the work when you can't right and so yeah it just yeah my my it was a transition it it was a while Mm -hmm. yeah and and Gwendolyn you and I have talked about this too where like our journeys and our stories is two different things and this is why like I find this (laughs) this topic very interesting to me because you know I always felt like something was wrong with me the way I had grieved because it wasn't to me like the norm and so to tell a little bit my story is it was it was kind of funny so it all started at where you know I I called my parents so my parents live in a different province if you're in Canada it's province it's like the state they live in a different state and um the year prior um they had visited us so it was our turn to visit them and um, we told them like we would come um, in, what was it? I think it was like September and then some plans changed because my, my husband's client, there was, um, his client was leaving on vacation. So that depended on him. And so I said, okay, no, let's, let's book it for like October. We'll be there for October. And I remember um, my dad calling and I didn't pick up. And I grew up in your typical Filipino family (laughs) their helicopter parents and so sometimes it was usually you know things that you take for granted them whining and them checking up on you consistently and you're kind of like okay yeah yeah I don't have time for this and so I remember seeing his call come in and I ignored it because I was in the shopping mall and of course watching my kids so I don't want to be distracted and then lose my child inside a shopping mall and I said I'll call him later and I completely forgot to call him later. Next day, same thing. And then, so two days after his call, I, we, my husband and I and my child, we were out and we were going to do some shopping. This is back in 2018. And um, I see a phone call come in and it's my sister. And my heart sank because um, I have two siblings, brother, sister, I'm the oldest and we're not close. I'm 
people like to think of me as the black sheep of the family. <laughs> I like to think I'm the golden child. <laughs> so she calls and I knew something is up because we do not talk unless it's definitely important or that she needs advice. Um, so I pick up and she's crying and she says, dad is gone. And I'm like, what do you mean he's gone? I'm like, dad's in the hospital. I think he's, he's gone. And I'm like, what do you mean you think he's gone? And so I said, put mom or your, your kuya, which is brother in Tagalog, you know, put them on the phone. What is going on? And so um, she puts my mom on the phone and she's crying and I can't even understand her. So I told my mom to put my sister back on the phone. So I cannot understand what is going on because everyone's busy crying and I can't get any facts. And so finally they found my brother, they put him on the phone and they said like, oh, dad is at the hospital. And they said that there's blood in the brain and they can't do nothing about it. And I said, what do you mean they can't do nothing about it? I said, go them to do surgery and suck that blood out. And the reason I say that is because we've known people, um, you know, who had an aneurysm, they just go to the ER, they get the blood sucked out and then they're fine. Like there's that moment, that small window of timing mm-hmm. that you can save them still, right? Yeah. So he says, no, they said that, that um, there's no way to save him now. It's too late. And I'm like, excuse me. So I told my, and I was yelling on, I remember yelling in the car and I said, you go back to that surgeon, you go back to that doctor and you tell them if they truly believe he's gone and nothing can be done about it. I want them to write it on paper to say it's guaranteed that he's gone and we could not do anything about it. And I want that paper signed. And I was a legal assistant y'all. So everything on paper. So you comes back to me and you promise that, that he's officially gone. And they didn't do it. So I get a call back from my brother saying, okay, they're going to bring him, they're going to take him in and, and do it. As I hung up, I bawled because I, I, there's something in me that knew he was gone, even though I said what I said to my, my family. And okay. it hurts because part of me feels he was calling because he sensed the time was near. Yeah. So um, I, I remember heading home after shopping. We still continue shopping <laughs> because there was nothing we could do except to just wait. And, yep. and this wasn't even COVID yet. But the fact that I was so far away, there was nothing that I could do except wait what was going on. And I knew something was different. I, my, my dad um, was type 2 diabetic. And every time he ended up in the hospital, I knew it was really nothing, even though everyone else was crying and panicking. But I knew something different was, was something was different that day. I think I sensed him around me to tell me he was gone. So when I got home, I bought my ticket, flew over there, and he was basically on life support. And um, with that, you know, during um, obviously, we made the decision because it was his wish not to be on it. it. It was actually his wish not to even have surgery. If he's gone, he's gone. He doesn't want to be on life support, period. But we wanted to see if the surgery, that little hope, if it would have worked. So um, I had communicated with my clients, just like you, and, and was upfront about it and said, like, look, this is what's happening. Um, and then even after 
updating them to say that my dad had passed they were very understanding it says like take all the time that you need and it, and the two clients especially that I was kind of worried about because they were um to be honest they were male so I didn't think that they would understand um but I found out that they had also lost their father as well so they they understood and um I told them no I don't want to take any time off give me like I'm still here I'm still going to do the work throw everything and anything at me and I was the type of person completely opposite of you that needed time off I wanted to work to take my mind off things and I think it was just different for me because two things one I felt like if I allowed myself to go into that deep crying grief I would never get out of it I would never get out of the dark and two because my mom I had to also take care of her she lost her best friend now right she lost her the love of her life and my siblings well my siblings that's a whole different story than another story y'all but they were going through their own grieving process so it was really up to me being the eldest and who had her head straight and who can shut it off when she needs to to help my mom with the paperwork, to help with the funeral okay. arrangements, to help pack and purge his belongings. My sister and brother didn't help. There was Ooh. family members that didn't help. And that's, a, again, a whole new episode of family dynamics, but it it was just me and my mom. And I felt like we didn't even have the that we didn't even have a moment to ourselves to actually grieve because all we could think of, okay, what needs to be done? She needs need to get to out of done. there now. What's the next step? And I tried to do as much as I could for her so that way, hopefully she still had a moment to herself, but my mom and I are very much alike and we can bonk heads and there is no winner <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> arguments. So I think her and I, we were keeping each other sane by having those, like hitting each other in the head, like, I remember going through my dad's clothes and I said, okay, should we sell, you know, should you be sell this? And it's like, no, don't sell that. Like donate it to the kidney foundation. Like, why would you sell it? And I'm like, okay, I'm just asking, right? Little bickering. And um, that was basically our grieving process. There was no, not a moment to sit still and I held it. And um, it wasn't until maybe like about two weeks later, that's when my husband and my kid came I'm down because that was the scheduled flight that they when we were all supposed to come and visit and um and it wasn't even when he my my husband arrived and which is my best friend who i very much like more than anybody in the world <laughs> and um i still held it together still didn't cry like there was so much work to do and it wasn't until the the when we finally got home back in my own bed is when i just let it all out and um but even that i was like back at it with with work um and i and i think till this day it's it's still it's still hard um just like you like when you mentioned like you think you'd be fine and then you'd look at something and you just <laughs> start crying and so my husband always teases me like one day you're gonna be at the the grocery store looking at a cabbage head and you're gonna just start crying over cabbage <laughs> and someone's gonna I mean, be like seriously oh. like you never know i mean because that's a very real thing right because like for us my aunt was the one that was bringing the family back together again mm -hmm. right like 
she started the tradition of where we would have Christmas at her house every year. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, right around that time, like, so Thanksgiving was very difficult, right? Because around that time, you know, she sends me a Thanksgiving message every year the morning of, and then that's when we start the conversations about like, okay, who's bringing what for Christmas and what mm -hmm. time is dinner going to start? And, you know, don't be on black people's time because we're hungry <laughs> and we want to eat. And like, right? you know, <laughs> we say four o'clock, that does not mean seven. Like, you know, and so it was just, it was a thing. So it was, so Christmas was not even the same, right? Because mm -hmm. we couldn't get to, we couldn't even gather without her because mm -hmm. of COVID. And so it just was like another day. It wasn't typically the festive thing that it is every year and that was very difficult and so you know but cooking like my aunt made all the cakes she was the baker in the family oh, nice. so you know it was simple things like my husband and I went to the store and we bought a store-bought cake and so we bit into it and the first thing my husband said is it's good but it's not Auntie Tracy's cake oh yeah and then I just like <laughs> Oh my God, that just started a whole nother world. Of yeah, yeah. And I was like, when is this going to stop? Like, when is it going to stop? But like, it's always something, you know, I was in my email the other day and I came across a prayer that she sent for my son to me in email. And it was just like, oh, I'm getting ready to celebrate my 25th wedding anniversary next month. And she's not going to be there. Yeah. And how do you, how do do you find that with that loss, does that affect like your, how you run and, and build your business today? And if yes or no, you know, what lessons do you feel like you've learned going through that, that grieving process? Yeah, I definitely, I think has changed the way that I look at my business, right? Um, I think I'm more intentional now and more purposeful because while it's a cliche, I know that people think it's a cliche that tomorrow is not promised. When she passed, that became a very real reality for me because we didn't know. Like we were just talking for three hours like we would any other week. And then less than 24 hours later, she was gone. So that saying became, it took on a completely different meaning for me. So then it became more of like, okay, I need to be more intentional with my business and the impact that I want to make with it, because I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be here next week to do some of the things that I want to do. I don't know if I'm going to be here to make the impact that I want to make. So like, I got to go all in now, mm -hmm. right? Like no more procrastinating because I think I don't know something or because I think I have time to do it or because I think I need to learn one more thing. I don't know all the other virtual support pros, all the other ninjas out there, but you're like, oh, I can't do it until I know how to do X or right. until I get Y in place or, you know, X, Y, and Z has to come This is why our list is this long because we, we, yes. we know tomorrow's not promised. So we're like, we want to do yes. it all of it now. So I'm just like, you know what, crap to crap with it. Like, I'm going to do the thing that I want to do. I'm going to launch the ideas. I'm going to go for it. Granted, I'm still going to plan because it's just a part of who I am, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to take forever to do it, right? I know that I want to impact professional service providers across the globe. I got to get to work in order to do that. And so I started thinking of, 
what would she say if she were here, right? She would be cheering me on. Every time I'm on a podcast, she would be excited about that, right? She would be like, look at my niece. That was her thing. My niece, my niece, my niece, my niece. <laughs> and so like, I gotta, I gotta still do those things because she would be proud of me. So I think it made me more intentional mm-hmm. um, and like a little bit of fire right? Yeah. Because I'm just like going along like, oh, it's going to do what it's going to do. <laughs> uh, no, it's going to do what you put into it. So yes, you might not have the time like you think you have it. So you need to get to work. Yes. Yeah. And my dad was the same way too. This, the little things, like if I were on TV, he'd be like, Ooh, my daughter's famous now, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> it, like the littlest things. And it's, it's like, you know, the, your typical like daughter, like I'm embarrassed. My dad is like totally gushing and like, it's just TV dad. It's okay. Right. But he would think like it was, you wanted the jackpot, you know? Absolutely. Um, and so, so there you have it, everyone. Like that is our story. And I hope that you guys get, got value of how, you yeah. know, we've dealt with our, our grief and, Again, it's, there's no right or wrong way to do it. What feels good to you, only you would know how, you know, your mind and your body and your soul and your heart works. Um, So, but to lighten up our little uh, episode here, (laughs) Uh (laughs) we've already pulled some tissues here. So let me uh, wipe my little, uh, I don't know what to expect guys. So I don't know what this is about. Yes. I love doing this though. Okay. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions with Gwendolyn so we can get to know her a little bit more um, better because as y'all know, I say people by people and not people by businesses. So Gwendolyn, are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. My favorite food is Oh, salmon, grilled salmon. Mm. Uh, What is your favorite animal? Lions. Favorite television show is? Special Victims Unit, Law and Order. I could watch it all Yes! Favorite song is? Oh, I have so many, but probably my favorite is Dear Mama by Tupac. Oh, we're going old school now. <laughs> yeah. Do you like spicy food? Yes. And what is the 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 meal that you know your favorite meal for the spicy food? So it doesn't come spicy, but you make it spicy. So oh, there's nothing okay. like an Italian beef soaked, drenching in its gravy with hot peppers on it. Oh, it's like amazing. That sounds really yes. good. Okay. Um, and last is what does success mean to you? Oh, now that. What does success mean to me? I, I never know how to explain it. So success for me is just like, do I feel good about my life? Mm-hmm. Right? Like there isn't a particular metric I'm looking at, but if I'm fulfilled, am I fulfilled in my business? If I'm fulfilled in my business, I am fulfilled in my family and what I'm doing in my family and my community. Like I feel good. I feel really Mm -hmm. good. And that to me is success. When I can have an impact on other people just by being who I am, that to me is success. Yes. Totally 110% agree with you on that one. All right. So what, last one, what makes you a ninja? 
Ooh, so what makes me a ninja is that 15 years of operations experience <laughs> and because I can touch every piece of a business, right? And understand it. Like I can work in strategy, I can work in admin, I, I can sweep them up the floors, like I can do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that what what makes me a ninja because I am just like fierce. Yes, love it. And you and I both came from the corporate world. So we we yes. know how to yes we know how to we can slice it serve it cut it all that right exactly all right everyone so that is it see that wasn't so bad was it no it wasn't i wasn't sure what those questions were gonna be oh we'll save it for another episode with gwendolyn we'll talk about like deep dive (laughs) rapid fire questions (laughs) we'll get a little bit more personal in the next episode with her (laughs) Um, all right, so that is it, everyone. So Gwendolyn, thank you so much for you know being on my podcast. I'm super, super happy that you shared your your journey and your story and your loss with us and and me. Um, so how can people connect with you? Do you have any services, products, and where can they find you? Yeah, so if you guys are in the market for online business management, of course, if you're a professional service provider, you can go to my website, virtualadminexpert.com. If you are a new entrepreneur in this space and you're looking for some accountability and support, you can come over to my accountability program at thegenius-zone.com. And if you just want to hang out, then find me across all social media channels at your admin expert and connect with me. I would love it. And so I always like to end our shows with what are you thankful for? Because I think attitude of gratitude is very important. I agree. Um, I am grateful for opportunities like this, um, where you get to connect with amazing people. I think over the last six or seven years being in the virtual space, I've met some of the most phenomenal people that I otherwise would not have been able to meet. And so I'm so grateful for that um, because that's how you and I found each other, my soul sister. So yes, I am grateful for these types of opportunities. Absolutely. Same here. And I'm definitely most grateful for you too as well. And yeah, yeah, we are definitely soul sisters in so many levels, which we found out. Um, so there you have it, everyone. So do feel free to like check out Gwendolyn, connect with her. She is amazing. You need some Gwendolyn in your life. And always remember, count your blessings, not your problems. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace out, Ninja Squad. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow me on Instagram at Rachel Errington for more shenanigans. If you do share a podcast, please add hashtag tenfoldpodcast. And don't forget to join us every first and third Tuesday of the month. You don't want to miss out on all the awesomeness from this show. Peace out, Ninja Squad. No, seriously, get out of here. Love you. Bye.